Hello, everybody. My name is Jonathan Van Maren, and welcome back to The Van Maren Show. Today, we have some breaking news for you. Former NBA star Lamar Odom has come forward and talked about his struggles with pornography. He has described how pornography dominated his life, how he was first exposed to it at a very young age, and how he has started grappling with his addiction and moving on the path towards freedom. That's coming up right ahead. And first, here's a clip of Lamar Odom describing his porn addiction and speaking with his fiance and how it impacted her. You know, in the NBA, if you late, you know, they just find you. And I think about all the times that I was um, in my hotel room, game day, and I had to get one more last scene in. So I'm like chose to be late for the bus. You know, just to watch a porno scene. It's kind of crazy. And in, in, in my case, I don't know how all these women that I was dealing with, like just never brought it up. To me, sad to say, I could be in bed with a woman and like watching porn. But me, I'm, if I'm in bed with a beautiful woman and I'm like watching porn while I'm in bed with her, that, that goes to show that it's a problem. He was reaching for his phone more than reaching for me. And I had a problem with that because I'm like, I wanna be 100% desired, especially if I'm laying right next to you. I think men don't really understand how it, um, it affects your intimacy, especially with the, the person that you're next to or the person that you so-called love. Is something wrong with me? Is something wrong with the way I look? You know, so I immediately thought like, okay, I know I look good. <laughs> I know I'm attractive. I know I'm to be desired. So something's wrong with you, Lamar. And if you don't fix it, I'm not gonna be here because that's turning me off. But it's just like if you're an addict to drugs, you know that that first time can like lead to an addiction. And uh, I was definitely um, addicted to porn and drugs. Yeah, I think it was a, a little easier to, um, to give up drugs because I don't think you could die from watching porn, even though you kill relationships, people that you really love. It's kind of sad because, you know, society's not always right. And I, I never thought about porn and related it to human sex trafficking. And um, the two go hand in hand. So like once I heard that, it kind of like was easy for me to, um, to stray away from it. When you put God first in your life, I'm a testament to that. You can, you can get through anything. God brought me back, for hopefully, for me to tell my testimony and um, help as many people on the way that I can. So today we're going to be talking to Dan Armstrong from the anti-porn organization Covenant Eyes. And this is a really interesting conversation because recently the two-time NBA champion and the star who won the Sixth Man Award reached out to Covenant Eyes because of his struggles with pornography, seeking to get help on how to free himself from pornography. 
The reason this is so interesting is that Lamar is the second of two major celebrities connected to the Kardashians who's come forward very recently to talk about his struggles with pornography. You'll remember that a couple of weeks ago, Kanye West talked about how pornography had plagued him since he was five years old. And what's interesting about this is that although we know pornography affects people right around the world, it affects the vast majority of men, to have somebody who made $110 million on the basketball court, in addition to being featured in reality shows and being a very high-profile celebrity, that even for somebody like that, pornography pinned him down, enslaved him, and essentially made him somebody who couldn't function without pornography coming from his smartphone. And so we want to welcome Dan Armstrong of Covenant Eyes to the show to discuss this breaking story, what it tells about society, and what it tells us about what pornography can do to you and can do to me. Well, just to start off, maybe you can tell our viewers and our listeners how you got connected uh, with Lamar to begin with. Sure. It's an interesting story because a lot of roads lead to uh, Covenant Eyes, which is really interesting. And um, it's really fascinating to see how people that have an issue like this will find something like Covenant Eyes and not even know that something like this even exists. And that was the case here where right. through a mutual friend um, who had, um, had a, a sex addiction and a porn addiction and had um, gotten help from that and uh, was able to heal and recover from that, uh, he was friends with Lamar Odom. So I got to know uh, this gentleman who lives in Miami. He did a TED Talk in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, earlier this year, um, right. he's got, I believe, more than 600,000 um, uh, clicks to it. Uh, his name is Ali Nash, um, and he uh, came forward and just said that, hey, you know what? The idea of pornography and porn addiction, there's so much shame to it that for many people who are stuck in it, they believe that the shame is worse than the addiction itself. So the shame... Right keeps people into that. So I got to know him. I reached out to him and uh, we got to know each other. And he said, you know, uh, I'm working with Lamar Odom. And uh, hmm. Lamar had come out publicly uh, through a TMZ interview that he wanted to give up several things. And he said uh, two of the things he was giving up was candy and porn. Candy and, I thought, and porn. Okay, I can't help you with the candy. Uh, I have a problem with that myself. But uh, with the porn, we can help. Um, so uh, he had also gotten to a relationship with uh, a woman named Sabrina Parr, and uh, she's a fitness trainer, entrepreneur, uh, life coach, and uh, she's been very good for him. Um, they work out every morning together. She's helping him with his diet. They've cut dairy out. They're getting all these layers. That last layer was porn and they didn't have a tool to help them. So their story to me, I was able to talk to her over the phone and she said, you know, when we uh, are together, everything's fine. But when I leave and he's there with his phone, he looks at porn uh, yeah. for various reasons. It's either boredom or he's dealing with other things. Uh, Lamar's been through a lot of things and we can get into that um, in, in a little bit if you want to. Um, but mm -hmm. as far as our relationship goes, um, so we were introduced to Lamar and Sabrina and said, um, I don't know if you've ever considered putting something on your phone that's that's a trouble area. And they said that that's exactly what we need. Right. So uh, they installed Covenant Eyes and they said immediately they saw a difference. Uh, Lamar did say that uh, at first he tried to break through the phone. Uh, and when he said that, I don't know if he means literally or figuratively. I know he tried to get around the software. Right. Um, there are codes that only your accountability partners know, your allies know. Um, so he wasn't able to get through it. And then after a while, he just thought, you know, it's just not worth it. So he was able to identify when he was triggered. Okay, I want to look at porn. 
And then he's like, I, I can't on my phone. So right. he asked Rena, let's, let's go for a walk. Let's go get some ice cream. Let's work out. Let's watch a movie. Let's do something to take my mind off of this because it used to be so easy for him just to yeah. grab, grab the phone and, and go forward. So, um, and when I talked to him, we went out to Los Angeles to talk to him. He had just been voted off Dancing with the Stars. And um, we said, um, you know, the, we've been able to help more than a million people with Covenant Eyes since we've been around. We started in 2000. And, uh, and he said, well, I'm one of them. Um, and, and he's very proud that, uh, that uh, we've been able to help him out. And we, we are too. Right. So let's back up a little bit, because what's really interesting um, with, with this story is that there have been a number of high profile people who have come forward very recently discuss, to discuss basically how porn has shaped their whole life. And I've done a lot of a lot of work on the porn issue. There was two chapters in one of my recent books on pornography. This is the issue that you spend your, your, you know, your full time job working on. So a lot of segments of the stories we've been hearing lately in the media wouldn't be surprising to somebody like uh, yourself or myself. Uh, but Kanye West recently came forward, and again, I'm not I'm not a follower of celebrity culture at all. Um, but the, the line that really jumped out at me was he said that he first saw porn when he was five years old, and that that fact has informed every decision that he's made on his life since then. And Lamar uh, has a, a sort of a similar story in terms of how porn really got a grip on his life early and began to affect everything going forward. So. Let's let's rewind a little bit. When did when did porn first become a problem for him? And then how did porn start to shape his life, take over his decisions, and to control him, even though he's he's one of the richest men in the United States? Sure. Um, he says, to the best of his understanding, um, he first looked at porn in his early teen years, and he told the story of uh, when he went to um, see a doctor in his early uh, teen years. Um, he had already lost his mother at that point. So at 12 years old, he had lost his mother and already been through some trauma. Um, so when he was talking to the doctor in his early teen years, and he remembers this as if it were yesterday, the doctor had asked him if he masturbated uh, a lot. And um, it was the first time he had ever uh, been asked that, but he, um, he told the truth and said yes. Um, and he'd been looking at a lot of pornography. Right. Uh, for both Kanye West and for Lamar and for many people who aren't even celebrities, they see porn for the first time and there's so much shame, but there's so much curiosity as well. There's a lot of natural curiosity for that. And then, like you mentioned, that shapes uh, what we believe love is. That's right. what we, we believe, that's what relationships are based on and, and should be based on these things. So you mentioned other people that uh, have come forward um, in the negative way. Uh, look at Matt Lauer, uh, look at Louis C.K., the comedian, mm -hmm. uh, look at Charlie Rose, uh, a lot of powerful people coming forward and every single, almost every single one of them, I shouldn't say every single one of them, but most of them have said, you know what, what I did with women, I thought it was consensual. Right. Now, where would they have gotten that thought? Right. Other, other than porn, because yeah. porn teaches us that, hey, you know, the guy's the aggressor, the women want it just as much as we do. So all we got to do is, you know, say something or do something or touch them. And all of a sudden they're going to be, you know, wanting us just as yeah. much as we want them. So And they, Dr. They, Robert Jensen, who wrote the book called How Pornography Hijacked Masculinity, he actually described what you just um, laid out as rape myth, this idea that if you push somebody hard enough, eventually they'll enjoy whatever happens next. And this is a point of view really cultivated by pornography. As we know, 88% of mainstream porn content features violence against women. So how did that all factor in? 
Sure. Um, so uh, Lamar had said that he's even, he even surprised himself when he was looking at pornography. And he made the comment that he had watched so much porn, uh, he got to the point where he thought he watched all of it. He had a hard time finding new content. And as you know, I mean, every hour, several years of porn is uploaded to the internet. Yeah. And he was watching so much. A lot of it was a rerun for him. He had difficulty finding new stuff. And he said that he had always had women, uh, even before the NBA. He had no trouble uh, finding women. He was athletic. He was good looking. He was tall. And um, he said that even in those relationships, up until this current relationship, uh, when he was with a woman, he would be looking at porn with her. Rather than holding her, he was with his phone. And, right. and he didn't even see that as a weird thing. And, and no one, and this is one of the biggest tragedies of this story, is that no women, no woman that he has been with had ever talked to him about this, had ever said, you know what, I'm uncomfortable with this. Why are you doing this? You know, I, I feel betrayed. You're, you're focusing on that instead of me. No one even talked to them about that. So I wonder if that is a testament to um, maybe, maybe women don't feel empowered enough to confront right. about this. And, and that's why it's, it's held in uh, through no fault of their own. Um, they just feel like, you know, he, um, he's got this, he's, he's a man, he's sexual. So if I say something, maybe I'll lose the relationship or if I, yeah. if I say something, I'll be a prude. You know, I don't want to feel like I'm a prude and don't like to have a good time. So if he's okay with it, I guess I'm going to have to be okay with it too. And that's an interesting part of his story. I'm glad you mentioned that because in, in Pamela Paul's book, Pornified, when she went through how women react to porn, and of course, uh, the numbers of, of women who look at porn have also been spiking. So this is a problem that affects everybody, not just men. But by and large, a huge, a huge statistical percentage of women would say that they were okay with porn, but when asked privately would say they didn't like it, but exactly what you said, they didn't feel like they could really protest this and they felt like it was something they just sort of had to accept. And that's my experience speaking to audiences about porn. The women will say, well, we're made to feel by the culture as if this is just part of any relationship. And so we're forced to actually accept this. But uh, Lamar's uh, significant other, Sabrina, was having none of that apparently. She said porn had to go. And this was part of the catalyst. And I hope people uh, watching this story can recognize that I, I thought that was an interesting point to take note of. That was when she said, stop. Uh, because, you know, it's either me or the pornography sort of thing. That's when he started taking steps to get free of this addiction. Yes, he said that losing the relationship with her would be more harmful and hurtful than continuing in what he was doing. So right. he found a way to get out with this relationship, and she's been very good for him based on that. Um, she was the one, she was the catalyst that said, why are, you, why are you looking at this so much? And then she got to the point where she said, you know, if you felt how I felt, you, you probably wouldn't be doing this. How would you feel if I was looking at men like this? And of course, we, we wouldn't feel very good at all. We'd feel right. jealous. We would feel like we didn't match, you know, match up or we didn't um, you know, get to the level of, of attraction that we should be at. She wants to be desired like, like, like any woman in the, in the relationship would be. Um, and she doesn't want to be, have other people involved. And that's a natural jealousy in that kind mm -hmm. of relationship that you don't want other people involved. So she had said without the porn, now it's just them. It's not, and all these other people involved. But um, it, it, it's interesting how she's been the first person to talk to him about this. And it, it meant so much to him that he respected her opinion. And he finally got to the point of realizing this is what I'm doing to her. This is how I'm hurting her. 
And right. I think once he realized how he was hurting her and he was hurting himself because he said he got to the point, not only did he watch so much porn that he had a difficult time finding new stuff. He said he was watching, um, he said he admits to being a, a heterosexual man. And he said, I was watching gay porn, trans mm. porn. He said bestiality, which looking back now, he's like, wow, I, yeah. I went down so far to something that I didn't even think I was into because you have to get that next rush, you know, that next curiosity, the ultimate. So maybe break that down um, for listeners and our viewers. I've, I've done a, 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 quite a few episodes and articles on pornography to try to explain the neuroplasticity of the brain and how the, how pornography functions as a drug and what you consume can change your attractions. But maybe, uh, maybe break that down, um, break that down for our viewers a second, because a lot of people, and I, and I get this in presentations, I'm sure you hear it too, will say, oh, come on, right? Um, like somebody who looks at porn is just, you know, a, 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 a hot-blooded straight male who wants to see this sort of thing. They're never going to be into any of that. You're really exaggerating. But here's somebody, again, who's a, a good-looking guy. Um, he could sleep around as much as he wanted to. Uh, you know, he, you know, he was, you know, has a career in the NBA, you know, is not lacking for money, and yet he still needed porn, and he found himself watching things that repulsed even him. So maybe you can kind of explain to us, how does porn do that to a normal, healthy person? So what happens is there is a cocktail of uh, chemicals that are going on in your brain, uh, dopamine, uh, among other things, that you feel that high when you experience pornography. So imagine that there is this large volcano uh, above a city, and that first time you look at pornography or you know that type of arousal is happening, the volcano explodes with all of those chemicals. Mm -hmm. So that explosion now um, goes up in the air, and then it comes back down, and then that lava carves grooves into the ground as it goes down toward the valleys and where the right. city is. So as it continues to explode, those grooves get deeper and deeper and more entrenched. So that's the same thing with your brain. When you experience that first uh, either uh, drugs or pornography or, or things like that, you are setting a pattern for yourself. You are setting those grooves into the ground uh, with those chemicals and um, you know, neurons that, that fire together, wire together. So you're right. used to these things. So we're finding out too and through our research that people who were uh, abused by uh, women, uh, if they're male, uh, they'll look for that kind of porn oftentimes because that's safe for them. That's what they're used to. Right. Or if there was a fatherly figure who abused them, they'll look for certain other types of porn. Uh, or if they felt um, uh, like they didn't match up, uh, they would look for that certain type of porn. So uh, the type of porn that people look at, they're often trying to either uh, pattern what they've already been through, something traumatic, or they're trying to overcome something through that. Mm. So um, there's very much, and your, your brain is plastic, that's the good news, and not plastic as in like plastic, the, the material uh, like toys, but um, in a way that you can rewire it and you can right. change it. So they've even said in their relationship, things have gotten so much better, they're so much closer now because porn has been taken out of it, which is interesting because that's the exact opposite of what uh, people often will do. Like, a, you know, a lot of marriage counselors will say, oh, to spice things up in the bedroom, just introduce a little bit of porn. Um, but we're finding out even uh, yeah. people that have no um, affiliation with anything uh, religiously or, uh, or any other type of um, uh, format like that, they're just saying, you know what, we're finding a net negative when it comes to pornography because uh, people can't match up to it. 
people right. can't compete with porn. When, when you have one person in real life or you have a selection of as much as you want and no one's saying no, it's a, it's a huge temptation. Well, yeah, and that was the, one of the interesting lines uh, in the in, in Lamar's story when he was when he was talking um, with you and the folks at Covenant Eyes was when he actually described um, being in bed with a beautiful woman, but he'd need his phone with him as well. Like as in pornography didn't you know accentuate sexuality; it replaced it entirely. And 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 I, we both know Gabe Dean, who goes around the world speaking on this. He's a young, healthy, good-looking guy. He's a personal trainer. And he realized in his very early 20s that he had erectile dysfunction due to the fact that he'd looked at so much pornography that a real woman was just bad porn. He, he could see way more online than he could in real life. And pornography poisons sexuality as opposed to accentuating in any way. And so it is strange that our culture promotes this idea that pornography can be sort of this healthy side thing. Like you can watch a little bit of porn and it will help things out. Like you could take a little bit of crack and that would be, and that would be, that would be healthy for you. And w one of the things that was really interesting as well about the story is how much Lamar um, really emphasized that he could have no porn. Pornography was something that was poison, and even a drop of it was going to sort of change him. So, how did you find in your discussions um, with Lamar? How successful was he in managing to purge porn out of his life? And what are the specific steps he took to do it? Because you and I have both talked to many people. Um, you know, there's people in our own lives, uh, you know, people in the culture at large, people in church communities, you name it. Everybody is struggling with this problem. The numbers of, of, of the rates of porn use are through the roof. And so one of the parts of that story that I find to be interesting, um, as somebody who, again, is not particularly obsessed with celebrity culture or anything like that, is that somebody of, of his status is coming forward and saying, uh, porn basically reduced me to a slave and I needed to get free. And a lot of people need to hear that you can get free. So what were the steps that he took? How did that all work? And then what can Covenant Eyes offer everybody else that it offered successfully to Lamar? Sure. Uh, Lamar has experienced some of the highest of the highs. Uh, he was a successful basketball player. He won the Sixth Man Award uh, one year. Uh, he made $110 million on the court alone. That doesn't include all of his uh, uh, celebrity reality television shows as well. So he's been to highs that a lot of people have never been to, right. but he's been to the same lows that I would say most people have been to, where they've hit rock bottom either through uh, addictions to drugs, alcohol, pornography, uh, other things like that. So he is on the same playing field as everyone else when it comes to that. He told the story that he um, would be late for the team bus on game day because he had to watch one more porn scene. Um, that's when he thought, you know what, I really had an addiction. I really had a problem. And this thing is addictive. It's not simply where, oh, I'll just watch it after the game. No, he needed it then and now. Right. And, and, and he wasn't going to stop that. So what they tried to do prior to Covenant Eyes, and we recommend people try anything, um, even if it's with Covenant Eyes or without Covenant Eyes, mm. anyone who is making positive steps toward getting rid of porn in their lives, we applaud them. Uh, even if they use another tool similar to Covenant Eyes and don't use us, we're on the same team. We want people to stop looking at pornography, whether you use us or not. So we provide free resources and we have our software to be used. Um, for them, it was interesting because Sabrina was really trying to, to fix it herself where she would say, okay, I'm leaving. I got to go shopping. or I'm going to go on a trip. Give me your phone. So she would kind of punish him. She would be like mothering him where, okay, give me your phone. So he would give her his phone and he would just think about things or he would be thinking about, boy, I can't wait to get something else. Or maybe I can find a tablet or, a, or something that, that right. I can get 
Um, so that didn't seem like a good solution to them. And she didn't feel like that was sustainable because you can't physically take something away from someone and expect him never to, to look at it again. So eventually when they found Covenant Eyes, then she could be with him. So when she left, what he was looking at, she would still see uh, as an ally and on, his, on his accountability report. So uh, that was the solution where, okay, if I'm looking at this, she's actually going to see it even if she's not here. And that was the solution that they needed. They tried other things. They tried physically removing uh, the, the phone from him, but ultimately it was that relationship that wasn't broken because it's all in connecting relationships and uh, technology because right. technology separates us. If I want to binge something, you know, Disney Plus just came out. Um, if I want to sit and binge, I'm not. If I'm even if I'm doing it with other people, yeah, I'm not talking to them. Yeah. Right, I'm an appointment with my device, with my screen, mm -hmm. and leave me alone. And if someone is interrupting or walks in front of the screen, I get really upset because you interrupted my meeting, and that's very important. So technology drives us so far away, but what Covenant Eyes does is brings us back together. So right. it's bridging that gap between technology and relationships. You know what? Our technology can actually be a bridge to this relationship. So when other people can see what I'm looking at, that is the biggest deterrent, especially when I've said, you know what? I want to stop doing this. So, you know, people that I know who get my report will say, hey, you know what? <laughs> I know you're not trying to look at this stuff, but, but you know, what's going on here? Do you have a bad day? Yeah. That kind of stuff. So for, for people that are listening to this or watching this, there's a 100% chance that there's somebody watching this who struggles with looking at porn on their smartphone. Smartphones, as we both know, are the most common place that people look at pornography. One of the reasons people have been so, uh, we've been lagging so far behind and getting on top of the porn threat is because people would even make sure their laptops or desktops were filtered. But pornography now is accessed primarily on smartphones. And I've had a lot of people ask me, well, how can I monitor my smartphone? Does this actually work? And so for those that are listening and have their smartphone next to them or might be watching or listening to this on a smartphone, how can they make sure that the pornography that they watch on their smartphone is tracked by somebody else? If they're actually serious about getting free of pornography like Lamar was, how can they ensure that they are actually getting free of pornography? How does the Covenant Eyes technology work specifically? And, and tell us a bit about your success rate. So the how-to and then the encouragement for, for getting on this train. I'm so glad you mentioned smartphones and smart devices because that's the majority of people looking at the internet or using apps and those kinds of things are through their phones or their tablets. Mm -hmm. If we were to see uh, construction of a five to six story building that was going to be an adult bookstore slash strip club slash brothel, and it was going to be in our neighborhood, we would do something about it. Mm -hmm. We would probably protest it. We'd march outside with that. We would tell our kids who walk home, don't go around there. Take another way home from school because we don't want you anywhere near there. We would be taking all kinds of steps for that. Mm -hmm. But you know what? That building that has the biggest collection of pornography in human history is on each person's individual phone. Right. Each person's individual tablet. So we have to do something about that. So what Covenant Eyes does, when you install Covenant Eyes, it's an app on your phone or your tablet. And when you use Covenant Eyes to do your browsing, we are able to monitor the screen. So we just started that this year, was called okay. Screen Accountability. It used to be Internet Accountability. Right. But now, since people are using apps more, 
the traditional, the old way of doing things just doesn't work anymore. When you can get around things with apps and other ways, you have to be able to see the screen itself. So anywhere in the world, in any language, Covenant Eyes works by capturing what's on the screen. And we were able to develop, we actually hired someone uh, who's a PhD mathematician. He was working for the NSA. And uh, it was one of those things where he said, you know what, he called us up and said, I have a skill in um, image recognition and artificial intelligence, and I don't feel fulfilled in my government job right now. Is there anything Covenant Eyes has for me that I could use my skills for to help people? And we said, you're hired <laughs> because this is what we needed. So over time, it was developed, and it's such an interesting thing because you'd think that skin tone would be one of the things that would be looked for because that's what mostly pornography is, but that actually gives false positives. Um, so we were able to run a million known pornographic images uh, through this machine and uh, a million clean images, and it had more than a 98% accuracy rate, which oh, is wow. higher, higher than medical grade uh, when it comes to quality. So, and we even tried cats. We uh, tried to make it so if a cat appears on your screen, it'll identify it, it'll monitor it, and it'll tell your uh, ally that you're looking at cats. Um, okay. so just interesting ways. And even this technology can be used for um, petroleum exploration, oil. It can be used for medical things. So um, we're given technology uh, to do all kinds of horrible things, but technology is also fighting against this problem. So Covenant Eyes is the only uh, company that is using and has actually developed in-house its own image recognition software to seek out and record pornography so that it can show those people who you trust and have asked them, hey, hold me accountable, help me right. overcome this thing. So it's not simply what you type in, it's what's appearing on the screen. So on that screen, if you pop a DVD in that uh, has questionable things on it, that'll be recorded. Um, previously, you had to be on the internet. That's right. Um, get around it with an app, you can get around it with a DVD or, or those kinds of things. Anything that appears on that screen is being monitored for those things. So it captures those things and it gets sent to a partner. Now, one of the things that we had to go through was, okay, you know, a lot of the people that's holding this person accountable, maybe they're struggling themselves or uh, maybe they're, uh, maybe they've overcome it. Um, we don't want that to be um, a stumbling block for them. So right. we, we blur the images, we shrink the images, so you can get an idea of what's going on, but not so much so that um, it it's triggers it. Sure. Right. So what kind of feedback do you get? with For the people who sign up for Covenant Eyes, what's the success rate of people who get free of pornography? And then, and then a secondary question to that is, I, I know a lot of, of people, a lot of guys who have tried to quit porn and when they don't succeed on the first try, they get really sort of depressed. They go back to porn because porn makes them feel better, uh, and 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 they sort of give up. And so, first of all, like, what's their sort of success rate? And then, second of all, does it or does it not take several times, a lot of the time, for people to for people to really get free of this of this addiction? Sure. Um, when we surveyed people, and these are people who have experienced Covenant Eyes for several years, we asked them what do they feel like when they came here, you know, internally, what are you feeling that makes you want to use Covenant Eyes? 78% right. of people said hopeless. Wow. They feel hopeless. So to get hope, they get Covenant Eyes. So within six months to 12 months after feeling hopeless, more than 80% then said, I'm hopeful. This has given me a plan. This has given me something that I can actually work with, that I bring other people involved, I can involve other people 
with this and they can help me out. I'm not shouldering this burden myself. So when you have that accountability relationship, it's not me and you across the table yelling at each other. Right. We're in battle together. We're shoulder to shoulder fighting this enemy together, not I have to um, appease you or make you feel better or, or say, no, I'm not looking even if I am just to, to salve you. Um, so the success rate is um, that we do surveys based on that. We don't um, look at people's individual right. things to see if they've looked at it or not. That's, that's uh, none of our business. Um, but as far as being hopeless when they first came and then hopeful, mm-hmm. they're more hopeful than they were hopeless when they came in. Right. And we, we get all kinds of feedback. Um, we get all kinds of customer stories where I've tried everything and finally I've, I've gotten to this point. Yeah, and then does it often take people multiple tries to quit porn? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I would say very rarely would anyone stop cold turkey. Some have done it, but, right. but it's really rare. Um, so relapse is part of recovery. That's what we tell okay. people. Recovery involves relapse. So, and that's difficult when someone's in a committed relationship because that person thinks, okay, you've made a decision to stop doing this and you did it again. So now I have to leave or those kinds of things, which, you know, when, Thankfully, none of us, you know, we're, we're, we've been given second chances. If we were all judged on our past, we'd all be in big trouble. Right, uh, right. If, if a permanent record is stretched way back, we would all be in, in serious trouble. So there's going to be relapses um, during that time. And, and the, the idea of recovery isn't perfection because none of us is, are going to get there. So rather than perfection, it's direction. Where right. am I heading? Am I heading toward a more porn-free life? Or am I staying exactly where I'm at and not doing anything differently? So I think that's where it can be very discouraging for people that aren't struggling with this to people look at them and say, you know, hey, why can't you just give this up? They don't understand what's going on with the mind. They don't understand this has been a behavior for so long. And they don't understand that they've been trained their whole lives that, hey, this is okay. It's not hurting anybody. Hey, in some cases, it's even healthy. You know, many people believe Mm -hmm. that it's healthy. Um, and, and can help with their love life and those kinds of things. So you have to break through a lot of those things, give them the facts, give them the science, give them personal testimony of people uh, who have finally overcome it. And this is exactly what they're saying. Well, and on that note, so what is it when you saw Lamar's story, when Lamar approached you, what is it about his story that you think is so important for people to hear? I think that uh, people know him. They know him either uh, if they're a little bit older, because uh, he's my age. Uh, they know him from uh, his NBA career uh, mostly, or but more recently, people know him uh, from his TV celebrity status with these reality shows. Right. I think he shows a unique vulnerability in an area where he doesn't have much to gain by being vulnerable. Right. It gets more and more difficult to be vulnerable as you climb that social status ladder because uh, if someone is um, low on the social status ladder, oftentimes people assume, oh, they're a drug addict or they're a porn addict or those kinds of things. As they get higher, people's expectations differ. So he doesn't have anything to gain other than this relationship he's now in to, for giving up porn. Um, his book that he recently wrote uh, with the help of someone else uh, had put the number around 2,000 women. And uh, he even believes that that number is probably lower than that. Um, but he's been with many women. And um, he's not proud of that, um, that he calls himself a, a womanizer, a cheat, and a liar. And now he's living for something else. He, he, he wants to leave a legacy of not being selfish. He's got right. um, a, a daughter and a son, and um, he wants to leave a legacy for them that they can be proud of now. Mm-hmm. So the final question is, where can people find Covenant Eyes? How can they sign up easily 
and let's let's uh, let's get as many listeners and viewers as possible signed up for this. I can personally attest to the fact I've had Covenant Eyes for years already. I've recommended it to most of my friends and family members, um, most of whom have Covenant Eyes on their uh, phones, especially, but also tablets and devices as well. And so uh, Covenant Eyes has not only helped um, people in my life, it's not only helped former NBA stars, but it's now helped hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And so how can people get signed up uh, for Covenant Eyes and how can they start moving in the direction of getting free from pornography? Absolutely. So the best way is just to go to the website, covenanteyes.com, and you'll click on one of the sign-up buttons there. And uh, for those who are watching this, if they use the promo code LAMAR30, altogether, three zero, so Lamar, L-A-M-A-R, three zero, they get the first 30 days for free. So you get a chance to kick the tires, you get a chance to see what this experience is like. And if it's not for you, you can cancel it within that 30 days and owe nothing. But we want people to be able to experience this, to experience that freedom. And even for those, you know, the idea is for those who are struggling, try to get porn out of your life. If you're not struggling, no one is above temptation. You know, you look at it from a biblical perspective. Um, if, if, If you say that this isn't tempting, then you're stronger than Samson. Um, that you're uh, smarter than Solomon and you have a better heart than David. And I don't think that's the case for most people. They all struggled with this. And um, Yeah, and, God called Job a perfect man, and he still said that he was careful what he put before his eyes. Yes. Yep. So the best way to go, CovenantEyes.com. If you use the promo code LAMAR30, your first 30 days are free. All right, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and talk about all of this. It's Really, really cool that this story has come forward, and I hope a lot of the people listening and viewing this will take courage from this so that they can start to get free from porn themselves. And that's our hope. Thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my discussion with Dan Armstrong of Covenant Eyes. You saw the short video clip at the beginning of the show with Lamar's discussion about what pornography did to him and his fiance's discussion about how pornography affected her. If you want to see the longer video, you can head over to LifeSiteNews.com or head over to my YouTube channel or the LifeSiteNews.com YouTube channel. We hope that you enjoyed this show. We hope that it gave you encouragement if you're struggling with pornography yourself. And if you want to hear any other stories on this issue and many other very important social issues, head over to LifeSiteNews.com and check it out there. Thanks so much for joining us this week, and we hope you'll join us again next week.